I think that deep down, I'm a coward. I'm not sure if I was actually born yeller, or whether growing up during the civil war in Lebanon made it inevitable. Certainly I can remember being constantly terrified for periods of my childhood, as the noise of fighting from Beirut used to permeate our entire house. Sometimes the war would draw closer, and shells would actually land in the garden all around the house. You read about people being calm under fire. I never was. My dad was brave. He'd fought against the Japanese as a pilot in the fleet air arm in World War II. From what I later found out, this had affected him deeply. As a kid, however, I had no idea about this. Growing up, it was all about a stiff upper lip, being courageous. Dad would refuse to sleep downstairs even when we were being shelled. He'd stay up in his room at the top of the house, incredibly vulnerable to any incoming projectile, while I was below, terrified that he might be killed. I think this left me with a feeling of character inadequacy that I've always been subconsciously trying to rectify. It's because of this curious background that I've forever been in awe of people who did do brave and adventurous things. As a kid, I used to think that foreign correspondents were the most exciting of people. They were professional seekers of chaos, rushing to the scene of any global disaster, willingly hurling themselves into the fire. And it's what I always wanted to be. When I left school, I went to the London School of Oriental and African Studies. I studied Arabic for a while and then international relations. When I left, however, instead of going abroad in search of adventure, I disappointed myself. I had this desperate need to settle, to put down some roots. So my twenties were spent in London, initially doing jobs varying from barman to sandwich maker at MTV. Then I got a lucky break and spent nine months in Prague, working as an intern for the European Commission just after the fall of communism. This was my first proper adventure, and I loved it. Returning to London and using my newly gained political credentials, I got a job in Westminster and worked for both the BBC and ITN on parliamentary news programmes. I'm a current affairs junkie, and I was in the thick of it. It was politically very exciting, but I was nonetheless inherently bored. Then another lucky break led to my CV landing on the desk of a company hiring researchers for a new political comedy programme, the Mark Thomas Comedy Product. It was a precursor to Michael Moore and Brass Eye, and it was all about irritating the establishment. I got the job, and in my first week was driving a tank through a McDonald's drive through and haranguing MPs while dressed as a large penis. I was hooked. Comedy was fun, it was exciting, and unbelievably got paid to do it. So I stayed in comedy, and eventually made a show called Trigger Happy TV. It was a kind of surreal candid camera, and was a huge hit. It sold to more than 55 countries worldwide, and it made me famous. Now most people know me as the man who dressed as a squirrel and shouted loudly into a huge mobile phone. And that was fine by me, but I didn't want to be pigeonholed. Success opened many doors. I got a weekly column in The Independent and started travel writing for The Sunday Times. The travel writing was a godsend. In a tiny way, I slowly became my own little foreign correspondent. Whenever I had some spare time, I'd fly off somewhere and explore. I went to Vietnam and squeezed into Viet Cong tunnels. I went to Nicaragua and skied down the side of a live volcano. I drove across Syria looking for a cave in which I'd scratched my name as a ten-year-old boy. I explored the legendary empty quarter on the borders of Amman and Yemen. I drank lethal homemade vodka in a tenement block outside St Petersburg. I scuba-dived on ancient wrecks off Dominica and cage-dived with great white sharks in South Africa. I had finally put down my roots. I had my lotion wife and kids in our house in the Cotswolds. 
so I lived this curious dual life, and the older I got, the more I became drawn to explore offbeat and curious destinations. Something else inside of me appeared to be trying to resolve itself. I had no name for this curious wanderlust until I read a certain article in The Observer. It was about Guyana, which sits on the northern coast of South America and is one of the most inhospitable countries in the world. I once did a comedy show in which I pretended to be a man ringing various foreign embassies from prison. The story I told them was that I'd just won a lot of money on the lottery and planned to tour the world when I got out. I was therefore planning my itinerary and wanted to know whether or not their country was worth a visit. When I got the Guyanan ambassador on the phone, I asked him what there was to see in his country. Uh, not much really, he answered apologetically. Just uh, snakes and schwamps. The Minister for Tourism in Guyana obviously realised that they had a problem as well, and the piece in the Observer told of his plan to encourage visitors.